I'm sure all of us, when we were young, you know, we know the little uh, rhyme, you know, twinkle, twinkle, little star, and some of you may still be singing to your children and your grandchildren. Now, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 15 that one day, God took Abraham out of his tents, and God showed him the stars in the sky. And God promised Abraham that you are going to have a son of your own flesh. And that your descendant is going to be as many as the stars that are uncountable. Now, the occasion for this is that, that because earlier on, God has promised to make Abraham a great nation. But then at that time, Abraham still do not have any children yet. So Abraham thought to himself, how would God make me a great nation? How am I going to have many descendants? Well, he thought to himself, I have this very faithful servant of mine. He had been with me all this while, and perhaps he's going to be my heir. I can entrust my possession. I can entrust all my inheritance to this faithful servant of mine, which was commonly practiced. If a person don't have heir, he can appoint an heir. They may not be out of the flesh. But God now is showing Abraham the star and telling Abraham that, Abraham, this servant of yours is not going to be your heir. But rather, the heir will come from your own body, going to be for your own flesh. And not just one, you are going to have many descendants, you know, as many as the stars. So that is the occasion that God you know, given to, uh, uh, that was the occasion that why God took Abraham out and called him. So by, by taking Abraham out and showing him the star, God was affirming Abraham his promise. And so you can imagine, as Abraham looked at all the stars in the sky, right, twinkling, shining little star. And then his imagination began to go, you know, why? Uh, and then here he hear the voice of God telling him, your descendant is going to be as many as the stars in the sky. So he was telling him, so he can imagine every star are just little faces. All the little childish faces smiling at him, and he can imagine them calling him, Father, Father. Father Abraham, Father Abraham. And maybe he imagined, wow, wow, I can hear all the voices of the children of my descendants calling me Father Abraham, you know. So you can imagine you know, at that scene, you know, Abraham was so challenged, he was so inspired, and he thought to himself, you know, if God can create this marvelous universe full of stars that cannot be counted, certainly God can give me a son just as he has promised. And so therefore, the Bible tells us that Abraham believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. Genesis chapter 15 verse 6. So this is also our memory verse. Remember our first memory verse was our theme verse, Mark chapter 9, 23. Do you still remember? If you can, Jesus say. Forgot lah. Everything is possible for the one who believes. That is our theme verse, right? And this is our second verse that you're going to memorize. It's very short. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Can we all say it together? One, two, three. Genesis 15:6. Yeah, you must quote the verse, Genesis 15:6. Okay, one more time. If you can close your eye. <laughs> Ready? One, two. Abraham?
Okay, uh, Genesis 15 verse 6. So we trust that you will keep memorizing. Every month we are going to give you a scripture verse. That is a scripture verse for next month, but it's okay. Uh, both of these verses are very short, and you can start memorizing them. So the question is, what is so important that about Abraham's faith that resulted in his righteousness? He say here that God, because of his faith, because he believed in God, he credited it to him as righteousness. So what's so big about it? What is a correlation between a person's faith and his righteousness? What does it mean to us today? Does this verse have any reverence to us or not? What are some lessons we can learn from Abraham's audacious faith, Abraham's daring faith? And I believe that the first lesson we can learn, and I would like to entitle my message this morning as Lessons from Abraham's Faith. Lessons from Abraham's Faith. And the first lesson we can learn is that Abraham believed God and he was made righteous. He was made right. In Romans chapter 4, verse 1 and verse 3, uh, it stated there, it tells us that Abraham was humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation, what he did discover about being made right with God. If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scripture tells us Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. So today, most of my scriptural verses will be from the NLT. It tells us that Abraham was made right. And uh, of course, in most translations, uh, like even NIV, they use the word justified. He was justified by faith. And the word justified seems to be very theological. Many people may not understand it, you know. And so we simplify it. He was made right. He was made righteous, uh, and he was made right with God. So it tells us in these few verses, it said that Abraham did not need to do anything to earn God's favor and acceptance. He don't have to do anything. He simply believed. Because if he would have done anything, if, if, if he had to earn his righteousness by his own doing, then the Bible tells us that he may boast about it. But the thing is, we cannot boast about righteousness because righteousness is not something that we earn. Righteousness is given. Righteousness is given when we put our faith, when we put our trust in God, and it is given unto us and to those who believe God. Right? So that's one thing we know. And not only that, Abraham was also made righteous, not based on the law, not based on any religious, uh, religious ritual, but again based on faith. Right? Let's take a look at the next one. Yep. Right, let's move on. Abraham was made righteous not based on the law. In Romans chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, he said, Now, is this blessing only for the Jews or is it only for uncircumcised Gentiles? Well, we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith. But how did this happen? Was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. Now, circumcision to the Jews was a big thing. And some of you younger ones, you may not understand the term circumcision, but I believe you understand it in BM, uh, it's sunnah. You don't understand it, go to school, ask your Malay friend, and you will know what is it. You know, all of them go through it. And so you realize that to the Jews, it was a big thing. It was a covenant with God because God told Abraham, I'm going to 
make your name great. I'm going to make you a great nation and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. And there, you know, because Abraham believed God and so God said that as a sign of the covenant, that is, I want you to be circumcised. Right? If not to the Jews, especially as a covenant people to, uh, of God, ever since Abraham, every uh, Jewish male will have to go through that religious rite. If not, you are not qualified and cannot be considered part of God's family. They are so proud of themselves. They are the chosen people of God. But the thing is, the Bible tells us that Abraham was credited to him as righteous before he was circumcised. So when this thing happened, when God showed him the stars in the sky, and when Abraham believed, God already counted him as righteous. And that was even way before God gave him the instruction or the commandment uh, to be circumcised. The act of circumcision came much, much later. So in verse 11, it tells us that circumcision was a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous. So it was a sign. It's after he was made righteous, even before he was circumcised. So Abraham is a spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. Now this has something to do with us, to you and me, because we are not of the Jewish race. And the Bible, it tells us that all mankind can be saved and the door of heaven is not only meant for a chosen race or a specific race or a super race, but it's open to as many as who put their faith in Jesus that include you and me. So the right of circumcision has no bearing on our salvation. It has no bearing whether we can have a relationship with God or not. Simply, we need to have faith. So it means that you and I are justified. We are made right with Jesus Christ and the door of heaven is open to us. Praise the Lord. Say it, amen. amen. Yeah, we want to thank God because of Abraham's faith. It passed down to us. It's something that's spiritual and not physical. Now, why is it so important to receive the righteousness of God? You may say, why, why is this so important? Do we really need the righteousness of God or not? Now, to receive the righteousness of God simply means our sins are forgiven. That is the simplest form. What do you mean that we are made righteous? Your sins are forgiven. All of us want to be forgiven. In Romans chapter 7, verse 8, which you know, uh, Paul quoted from Psalm, he said, Oh, what a joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Hallelujah. So it tells us that we become righteous when God does not count our sin against us. If God wants to count our sin against us, whoa, I think all of us cannot make it. None of us can make it. None of us. Even Abraham by himself will not be able to make it. But because of faith, that's why I say righteousness is given. And for example, let's say you are in debt and you cannot, you cannot pay your debtor. And so what happened to you? No, this, this heaviness on you, you know, uh, it, it's trouble you. You know, the, the bank can, can you know, uh, sue you and make you bankrupt and things like that. So it's a heaviness. Can you imagine if these creditors of yours and say that, well, since you owe me so much, but you have no means to repay me, never mind, I am a good man. I understand your problem. I'm going to clear off your debt. I'm going to write off your debt. I consider it bad debt. You don't have to pay me a single cent. How would you feel? Delighted, thankful, 
Because now you are debt free. You can go about not needing to carry the heaviness, the burden on you that, you know, I'm going to be bankrupt soon. I am going to have this debt. You, you won't carry this anymore because you are set free because the creditor say that, okay, I'll just write it off. And it's by grace. Out of his goodness. Out of his benevolence. Not because you've done anything for him. In fact, you owe him something. But he say, I write it off. Right? And for example, maybe all of us will know by now, that a prisoner or criminal can be pardoned by the king. And when the king pardons you, all the record, all the past is forgiven and you can go on in life without carrying the burden anymore. And we all know that our current prime minister, he was in jail before, right, for many years. But then the king pardoned him. So it was like wet clean, it was like a clean slate and now he still can be the prime minister and put the past behind. And so when we make right with God, it's just like that. All that we have done, all the sin we have committed, all the disobedience that we have done towards God, you know, uh, towards one another, towards our parents, you know, towards our teachers or whatever, all the disobedience that we have done, it is all written off. We are made righteous, but the condition is we must have faith in Jesus Christ. That faith in Jesus Christ will cleanse us. Right? And the Bible tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So God rewards us with righteousness. So the righteousness is a reward of God to us because of our faith in Jesus Christ. That is the result of Christ's righteousness is eternal life. Many people want to know God. And that's why there are so many religions in the world. But you know, the, the people of the world are actually religious. Yes, we have a, many atheists, we have a lot of non-religious people, but we also have much more religious people in the world. That's why there are so many, many religions. And some people think that by accumulating good works, they may stand a better chance in coming close to God. They may stand a better chance in achieving righteousness, a right standing before God. Unfortunately, all this fail because our righteousness does not come from work. It comes from Jesus Christ. And even our faith itself, our faith itself is a gift from God. Because Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and verse 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and verse 9 tell us that God saved you by His grace when you believe. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Well, it's not because of anything good thing we have done. So we cannot boast about it. So are you one of those who try to earn God's favor by doing a lot of good works or even church work? Even a Christian believer, sometimes we thought that we want to earn God's favor. So we serve. We work hard, we get involved in ministry, you know, we tire out. But that is not how God wants us to do. When we serve the Lord, we serve out of gratitude. Because He has credited to us righteousness. 
because you have forgiven our sin, because you have given us eternal life, we are so joyful, we are so inspired, and we love Him. And the result of love, when you love someone, you want to do something for the some person. And because we love God, we want to serve Him. That should be our motivation for serving. But you think that I serve God so that I can gain more brownie points from God? I think that our service is flawed. It's a flawed motivation for serving God. So for those of us who are serving God, I appreciate you. But I want you to realize that when you serve God, don't have a flawed motivation that I serve because I want to earn some favor. You don't need to earn favor from God. God is love, is gracious. But we serve because we love Him. We serve out of that motivation of gratitude and thanksgiving to the God. And that is the motivation that will keep you serving. And you won't feel tired because it's motivated by love. Just like, you know, when you serve your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, when it's motivated by love, you won't feel tired, you know, right? And make sure, even if you do feel, feel tired, don't ever tell your wife or husband, I'm tired of you. <laughs> don't ever say that. <laughs> but the point is that, that when it's motivated by love, you will keep on serving, right? So look at Abraham. He didn't work to earn God's favor. All he did was believe and trust God. So the question is, how big? How big is Abraham's faith? So much so that God had to show him special favor, that God had to count him as righteous. Right? So my, my second and third point is actually to show the characteristic of Abraham's faith. Right? The first thing about Abraham's faith is that, that because of his faith, he was counted as righteous. And now we want to see that Abraham believed God even though he had not yet known the future. He, had, he believed God even though he had not yet earned the, uh, what you call that, uh, known the future. Now in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 5, God called Abraham out of his homeland. Right? He said, Abraham, you come out. Right? And you realize that God did not make it clear to Abraham the exact destination. In verse 1, God simply tells Abraham, leave, leave and I will show you. Leave and I will show you. That is in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. In other words, there was no blueprint given to Abraham. There was no clarity of what's next. And Hebrews 11 verse 8, right, it shows us that by faith, when Abraham called to go to a place, he would later receive an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Now, the faith of Abraham is seen when he trusted God and went to the place he did not know. This speaks of trust. When you have faith in someone, you trust the person. Abraham trusted in the leading of God. When God said, leave, I will show you. Even though he doesn't have the map, even though he doesn't have the blueprint. Now, before we go to a place, especially if we go to a foreign country, whether it's for business, whether it's for work, whether it's for holiday, you know, and you may want to find out something more about the place. And now with Google Earth, you can even visit the place virtually. Pastor Francis has visited so many places in the world, virtually only. <laughs> right? huh? Even though you can't fly there, you don't have the means to go there, you still can visit the place. You can even see the houses. You can even slip into somebody's garden through Google Earth. can be that dangerous. Right. right? So you realize that we want to know why, not just for curiosity, 
not just for some practical reasons, so that we will be more well prepared, but also for security reasons. We want to know we are safe, the place is safe, we want to feel secure, right? So we want to be prepared. But Abraham left his hometown by faith. His security was in God. And he was daring enough to bring his whole family out. So Abraham, when he went out, it was not just one person. One whole gang of them. In fact, you read further, when Abraham went out, he actually took his father along with him too. That's why at one time they paused at Haran for a moment until the father passed away. Then he continued his journey. So it was not a continuous journey. He did pause halfway. Right? So realize that when he went there, he has an extended family with him. He has his father, his, even his nephew joined him. He has his servant, maid servant, perhaps some other relative that was not mentioned in the Bible. Right? So he went by faith, okay? And you realize that he was daring enough to Abraham. It was not really the physical location that mattered. It was obedience to God. It doesn't matter where God lead him. Whether it's to the land of Canaan, whether the promised land is Canaan or somewhere else, it doesn't matter. What is important to Abraham, obedience to God, is that, you know, he obeyed God. It's not the physical location. And the ultimate destiny to Abraham is where God wants him to be. And spiritually speaking, the best place is where the dwelling of God is. And so in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10, it tells us that for he was looking forward to a city with foundation whose architect and builder is God. So you can see that Abraham was far-sighted. He was looking forward to the eternal and not the temporal. Wherever we go on the place of this earth, yet they will have a human architect. There will be foundation stone from the earth and so on. There will be human builder and so on and so forth. But for Abraham, he's looking forward to the eternal where the builder, the architect himself is God. And the foundation is not the foundation stone of the earth. Christ is the cornerstone we have just sung. He is our foundation, and that was what Abraham and look, uh, looking, was looking forward to. So Abraham trusted in the leading of God, and he also trusted in the wisdom of God. Now, daring faith means that you believe even though you do not know. A lot of times we say that, I want to know first. Then only I see whether it's worthwhile. I see whether I believe or not. We want to know a lot of things. But Abraham, you know, believed. Daring faith means we dare to believe even though we do not know. I'm sure Abraham had lots of questions in mind regarding his future. If you were Abraham, you were asked, uh, if I go there, what job? Uh? Will the people over there accept me or not? Will I going to fight with them? Uh? Because I'm foreigner, no, I'm going to their place. You know, right? What happened to all these youngsters I'm bringing along? Uh? Can I fit myself? What, what, what about the rest of them? What's my future? You may have a lot of questions, but Abraham was willing to put them all aside just to obey God. Because he trusted in the wisdom of God. Do you know that in life, we do not need to know everything before we believe? In fact, we cannot. It's not possible for us to know everything about the faith. Many of you are believers. Do you know everything about the Christian doctrine and Christian faith? Do you? No, I don't. But I trust God by faith. You see, we don't. But that's where faith comes in. If we know everything, we don't need faith. You just need knowledge. But eternal life does not come from knowledge. It comes from faith. 
Alright? So therefore, you know, we don't need to know everything. Uh, that is the simplicity of faith. Right? Faith is not knowing anything yet believe. Just like an innocent child who doesn't know anything, but they just trust his father in everything. For those of you, uh, young parents, you, you have the joy of seeing your children grow. Some of them may be babies, a few months old, one year old and all that. They don't know anything. They really don't know anything. All they know is to cry, to ask for attention, right? to, to, to make their demands. But as they grow, they begin to communicate, they trust you in everything. They trust you in everything. You see? So it's so important for us as parents, impart to them the right value because they will trust you, especially in the early stage of their life. What you input and what you impart into them. Okay? Right? For example, when the angel appeared to Mary and said that you will be with child, you think Mary know about what you mean by the Holy Spirit come upon me and get conceived? Mary don't know anything. In fact, he said, how could it be possible? It was a question. It was a valid question. It was a genuine question. How can it be possible I am a virgin? He, she doesn't know anything. But she said, if this is what God's will, let it be so. And it happened. Isn't it? Right? And what about, you know, you, you, you realize that many times faith has no scientific explanation. It has no logical explanation. That's why God works the work of miracle. What about Gideon? We had 300 men fighting against a vast Midianite enemy. The Midianite enemy were vast. Right? They come with well-built uh, warriors, chariots, horses. But what did Gideon have? He had at first, you know, uh, 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 20 over or 30,000 men, but God slashed it down to 300. And what did they use to go to battle? Glass. Break the glass. Torch light and the trumpet to blow. But they win the battle. Gideon will say, God, are you crazy or am I crazy? How can you go to battle like this? It's not knowing everything, but it's by faith. That's why I say faith a lot of time got no logical explanation. That's why you need faith. Right? And so he defeated the enemy. That is trusting in God. Trust in the wisdom of God. God knows better. At times, do you know that it's better not to know so much than to know? Yeah. <laughs> because the more you know, it may bring about fear instead of faith. Right? If you know of the hardship, the danger, the difficulty, you may not want to venture into something. Have you ever said this before, you know, right? Well, if only I know that this course is that time, I would not have taken this course. How many of you have regretted, you know? Or you say that if I know about this, you know, business venture, I shouldn't have entered in uh, if I would know in advance. Or you say that this career path, you know, if I know, I wouldn't have chosen it. Not if I know, but you have gone in anyway. By what? I don't know. Maybe by faith or maybe by coercion. I don't know. But let me give you an example about the 12 spies. Remember, God has promised them the promised land. In fact, you know, they, they were in the wilderness. They were so near the promised land and they, they, very soon they can actually enter in and capture it. But when Moses sent in the spies, the spies come back. Now, after they have seen the promised land, 
they know something about the promised land. Before they see the promised land, maybe they heard about, oh, it's a beautiful place, God had promised, we must go, you know. Yes, I know that, you know, uh, uh, who you call that, uh, Jacob and the descendant came from there, but there was about 400 years ago, 500 years ago, the next generation would have forgotten, they only hear about it, they have not seen it. So it an act of faith when they left Egypt, an act of faith when Moses took them in. And when they were about to enter the promised land, this is where the problem started. They went in. So I'm not sure whether sending in the spy was a good thing or bad thing. And when the spy saw something, now had some knowledge. And then it affected them. For the two spies who have faith, they say, let's go and do it. But for the ten spies who have no faith, but do you know that these people are bigger than us? They are giants. You see, knowledge. The knowledge affected their faith. They know too much, it built fear in them. And as a result, they refused to go into the promised land. But the other ten spies did not want to allow this knowledge to affect them. They want to think of the promise of God. They want to say that this is what God said He has given us. We can do it because God is on our side. That is faith. So what happened? Knowing too much brought fear. And as a result, they couldn't enter the promised land. And they wandered in the wilderness for the next 38 years. That was a problem. So therefore, church, I encourage you, if sometimes you feel that God has spoken to you and God is leading you to do something, yeah, it's okay to ask some questions, but don't allow all this information to hinder your faith. If God wants you to know, he will let you know. There are times God chooses not to let us know, and we will just have to wait in faith. So Abraham believed God. He believed God, even though he had not yet known. He doesn't know much. He doesn't know the future. So entrust your future to the Lord. Believe, dare to believe that God will lead you and guide you, even though you do not know what is ahead. 2023 can be a challenging year. It may be a year of uncertainties to many people. Uh, even as many people have predicted, it's going to be a global recession and so on and so forth. But let's continue to trust God even for the things unknown. Amen. Don't trust God just for the things that you know. Trust God for the things that you do not know. That's where we need the faith. Dare to believe. Amen. The next characteristic of Abraham's faith is that Abraham believed God even though he had not yet seen the promise. He believed God even though he had not yet seen the promise. When God promised Abraham that his descendant would be like the stars in the sky, Abraham believed even though he did not see it. Abraham, what Abraham did was that he hold on to the promise of God. He did not even see any seed yet, but he believed. In Romans chapter 4, from verse 16 to verse 22, it's a long passage of scripture. Um, you know, we can flash it up and let me just uh, 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 explain a little bit. Romans chapter 4, verse 16, right until verse 22, but I'll come to it portion to portion. Here it tells us that the promise is received by faith. And it's given as a free gift. God gave the promise to Abraham, uh, free one, you know. Abraham didn't do anything to earn the promise. When God called Abraham, he promised him already. So it's a free gift from God, all right? So it says that, you know, uh, for Abraham is a father of all who believe. Verse 17, that's what, that's what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. 
This happened because Abraham believed in God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Verse 18, right? This is where I like to highlight. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God has said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Verse 19, and Abraham's faith did not weaken even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and this he brought glory to God. Verse 21, he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. Do you know that there are more than one occasion that this phrase is mentioned that because Abraham believed, it was, it was credited to him as righteousness. There were at least four times in the Bible. One time in Genesis, two times in Romans, and one time in Galatians. At least four times it was mentioned, it was repeated. Right? So to Abraham, belief is more important than seeing. Belief is more important than seeing because Hebrews chapter 11 says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. That is what faith. Faith, you believe that what you believe that is substance, is a reality. Your faith is not just, you know, uh, nothing. Your faith is not just something in the air. But faith believes that there is substance, there is reality. Alright? And it's the evidence of things that you cannot see, even though you don't see, but you know that it's there. So when God gave Abraham the promise, God, Abraham did not see any tangible sign. No tangible sign at all. Sarah was old and beyond childbearing. Uh, she did not suddenly, next day suddenly she become beautiful and her body shape changed, you know, because God is going to make her fertile. No, no sign. Abraham was as old as before as well. No tangible sign. Some people say, I'm sure we have heard it so many times, seeing is believing. What I don't see, I don't believe. That is foolishness because we know. We know that in the world there are many things we don't see but they are there. You are breathing oxygen but you can't see oxygen. You can feel the air but you can't see the air but the air is there. And whether you like it or not, you can't see the little virus called corona but it's wrecking havoc through the entire world. You can't see it with your naked eye. But it's there, you see. So that's why faith, you believe that something is there, right? You believe God is there, right? And so that's what uh, Abraham believed. You can't see God promise, but God promise is true. You can't see God, but God is present. God exists. That's what the Bible tells us, right? So all physical signs show no indication that Sarah would ever bear a child, but all things are possible to those who... Believe. Amen. All things are possible to those who believe. Abraham dared to believe and therefore he received the promise. He dared to believe, he received the promise. Verse 18 that I mentioned before, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. And I will say, hope against hope. And I love this, hope against hope. Sometimes I feel so hopeless and this is the verse that keeps me going. Against all hope, keep hoping. It's not over until God says it's over. Keep hoping, right? And Abraham never gave up believing. He did not waver through unbelief. So church, are you facing a situation where you look like a no-hoper? 
They say, I don't see any hope in this situation. Learn from Abraham. Abraham did not waver in unbelief. Keep praying, keep believing, and keep hoping. Verse 21 says, He was fully convinced that God will do whatever He promises. Believing also means total surrendering. Believing also means if we really put our faith in God, we have to surrender to God. And after true enough, when Abraham was 100 years old, God gave him his son, the promised son. Right? Not the earlier one. The earlier one right, tried to be smart. Right? And he tried to conceive through the maidservant, but God said, hey, that's not the one that I give you. I'm going to give you right, your son with your wife, not with your servant. It's with your wife your own son, and Isaac was born. When Isaac was a teenager, Abraham was enjoying his fatherhood. Then the unexpected came to him. Genesis chapter 22, the Bible tells us that God tested Abraham by commanding him to offer up Isaac as a burnt offering. Now remember, God promised Abraham not just an heir, but God promised Abraham many children as stars in the sky. Of course, the descendant will come from an heir. But what God promised is more than just a son, but many children. Since Isaac is a promised son, and if God really took him away, how would the promise be fulfilled? This is where Abraham passed the test of faith. Hebrews 11, verse 17 to 19. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his son, his only son, Isaac, even though God told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendant will be counted. Verse 19. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Abraham said, well, God, you say this is your promised son. You want me to sacrifice him? I'm sure you'll bring him back to life because you say that I'm going to have many descendants through him. So that was Abraham. He held on to the promise of God. Not just part of the promise, but the complete promise. Not just one heir, not just one son, but many descendants. Abraham believed that. So Abraham led to absolute obedience. That was obedient to his height, to me. And that was faith, you know, right, right on top, you know, faith at his peak. So this is the greater test and testament of faith. Not only a test of faith, but a testament of Abraham's faith. Abraham believed that God has promised him, uh, not just an heir through Isaac, but many offspring. Abraham now has seen the heir. He has seen the heir, but he had not just seen the many descendants. He has not just seen. But remember, Abraham believed even though he had not just seen. At first, he didn't see anything. Then because he believed God, he see one son. But God promised him many children he still had not just seen. But Abraham still believed. Right? Because he said, if God, right, if God will fulfill the promise of the one promise as certainly God will fulfill the re remaining part of the promise. So Abraham continued to believe in what he had not yet seen. After the resurrection of Jesus, he appeared to his disciples one day in closed door. They were started. They were amazed. They were glad. And then Jesus disappeared.
But one of the disciples was not present by the name of Thomas. So when the rest of the disciples told Thomas about it, Thomas said, ah, no, 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 you people are hallucinating. You are thinking too much. Unless I see Jesus, not only see him, I want to use my hand to touch his hand and to touch his side. And then only I believe that it was really Jesus that was resurrected. And one week later, Jesus showed up again to his disciple. And a, but this time, Thomas was around. Jesus invited Thomas. He says, Thomas, come, come, come. You want to feel my hand? You want to feel my sight? But the moment Thomas saw Jesus, he didn't even dare to reach out his hand. He just, you know, believed. My Lord and my God. And you know what Jesus spoke to Thomas, he said in John chapter 20, verse 29, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. NIV say that blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Bless you, my brothers and sisters. You have not seen the reason, not physically, but you believe. You are blessed. That is the faith that you have. And I thank God for your faith. We have not just seen, but we believe that is faith. And God say, Jesus say, we are blessed. Let us see with the eye of faith and believe that with God, all things are possible. No matter, no matter how hopeless a situation can be, God can turn it around. Abraham is a father of faith to all three monotheistic religions in the world. We are all attached to the faith of Abraham, Judaism, Christianity, as well as Islam. His legacy of faith was passed down from generation to generation right until today. Did Abraham receive all that God has promised while he was on earth? Yes or no? Did Abraham receive all that God has promised while he was on earth? Yes or no? No? How many of you say yes? How many of you say no? No. So did God fail Abraham? Did God fail him? No. God did not fail Abraham because the promise was for the future that Abraham had not yet known and has not yet seen. That is faith. Believing when you have not yet known and you have not yet seen. So the promise was for the future. There is faith, but God is faithful. The covenant made with Abraham was fulfilled after he was long gone. So the promise to Abraham, is it fulfilled today? Amen. Yes, it's fulfilled today. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, very important verse. It tells us all these people, all these people mean all the people of faith that was listed in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is a hall of faith of all the men and women of faith. He said, all these people died still believing that God had promised them. Look at the next sentence. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Abraham dared to believe God until the day he died. And all these people of faith, they did not receive what God had promised while they are on earth, but they received it from afar. As Abraham did, right? he looking for the city not built on earth, so to him the destination is not important, the earthly location is not important. But he wants to go to the city. 
where the architect and the builder is God. And all these people died in faith. They may not have received the promise now, but now they have received it in the kingdom of God. And so Abraham dared to believe God until the day he died. So we are the children of Abraham if we have faith in God too. If we dare to believe God just like Abraham. Because Galatians 3 verse 7 says, Those who have faith are children of Abraham. Are you a child of Abraham? Amen. Yeah, we are children of Abraham when we dare to believe. So like Abraham, through our faith in Jesus, we too are made right with God. God has also credited Christ's righteousness on us. It is given. It's not earned. Like us also believe, let us also believe like Abraham, even though we don't know many things. We have not just seen any sign of God's promise. No matter what, believe anyway. No matter what, believe anyway. Let's pray. So we can...